All right, let's try that again. Hello, this is Lexi Monzelio and... Lawrence. <laughs> Just Lawrence. Just Lawrence. <laughs> okay. And we are coming to you from Under the Bogan Villa. That sounds nice. Thanks. <laughs> So this past week, I had a talk at the Africa Trade Expo at Gallagher Estate. The big seven. (laughs) The big seven. (laughs) It was quite an interesting experience. Um, The talk was a panel discussion with myself and a couple other, call it industry experts. Not that I consider myself an expert, (laughs) but uh, discussing consumer behavior and trends in 2022. And um, it was really quite interesting. Yeah, it was just, it was quite interesting, I think, to unpack some of the challenges that we face in South Africa, some of the mindsets that businesses have around consumers and how how consumers see businesses and the interactions around that. Um, Price points, you know, uh, convenience, like it just brought up a lot of interesting things. And I think we ourselves consider to be we, we, what would you say we are mi- mindful I think we're mindful or at least on our way there we're like trying to be yeah we're trying to be if you if you look at our behaviors compared to our families or like extended some some friends I mean we I definitely quite conscious extent, yeah, yeah like, uh, yep. and yet we are quite terribly mindlessly consuming in our own way right like 100% Woolworths fucking Netflix. Netflix. Phones. Phones. Stuff. Shoes. Activewear. Cushions. Whatever. Food. Mm. Wherever wherever you look, you'll actually find yourself mindlessly consuming some sort of thing. Even information. Yes. On our phones. Anyway, so, so this talk that I had at Africa Trade Expo was, um, so it sparked like at least seven different very lengthy discussions with Lawrence <laughs> and myself. And um, we wanted to chat to you guys a little bit about that because I do think, like we've just touched on, often you aren't even really aware of your behavior and how it's negatively affecting your surroundings or positively or like what affects your decision-making or, or what motivates you, what doesn't, why you choose... Okay, I'm talking about decisions now. Extensively. <laughs> But um, yeah, just how you how you feel about companies, all of these things. And uh, to start off, I think we should talk about what what we think a mindful consumer looks like. Yes, and I have, I have a great starting point for Hit us. Me. My opinion of a mindful consumer is someone that at least thinks like I feel I feel like the, the first step should be awareness so let's mm. focus on awareness awareness of awareness <laughs> awareness of where product comes from the the real value of that product in terms of time and cost right time and cost like time, time cost resources da, da, da. yeah and and like time cost and cost where it comes from cost as to the well. planet yeah yeah cost to the planet as well, for the yeah. environment yeah um the value that it adds to you as a being and whatever that looks like for you. Yeah. 
um, health wise, mental, again, time wise, yeah, yeah, mental. And Relationships then, if this is a consumable, the next point's not so applicable. But if it's not a consumable, what happens after you've consumed your part of that thing? Yeah. Um, so the waste. Like a car. Like a car. I think about cars all the time. Yeah. We get cars new cars example. all the time. Where do the old cars go? <laughs> True. Where, where do all the old cars go? To other people, I guess. To all the other people that get born each and every day. Yeah. Or, or the old tires. That's a... that Okay. Because when we drive back from one of our favorite climbing places in the country, which is Vartafaltburthen, we drive past the tire graveyard. Yeah. I don't know if I've massive, said this before. Massive tire graveyard. In grave. this podcast. Thank you. I talk about this tire graveyard a lot, but, yeah. but it's because it's so fascinating to me the scale doesn't make sense when you see it they are just tires in piles and piles and piles for as far as you can see mm. and that is so what is the like there's nowhere else for that to what's go what's the plan <laughs> so anyway what's the plan so um yeah that whole so yeah so i think thought thoughtfulness around your behavior and your yeah. actions what happens next what happens before blah, yeah. blah blah okay and i think it kind of starts with hey we just got power back Thank you, Eskom. Um, about starting at awareness. So I need to be aware of all these different factors. Yeah. And then secondly is what is the plan to tackle each and every one of those elements um, in a positive way? If the, if, if the cons- consumption or the uh, waste is harmful. So I'm aware of where I get things, how I consume it, the value that it adds, how much it costs, um, and what happens afterwards. Now, assess at each one of those points, how can I be better? And I think that's like the next step to being mindful is having a plan after you've been made aware of yeah, yeah. Because obviously, I mean, if you take us as an example, why we're maybe not so mindful is we are painfully aware of um like the global the climate change sustainability crisis that we find ourselves in and when i walk through the shops the amount of plastic on the shelves stresses me out like it gives me anxiety and and all the unhealthy like sugary the shit that's made from palm oil and sugar it's like it (laughs) i i had to buy a water in a like food stop or whatever the other day and when I walked in I was so debilitated by the amount of plastic mm. everywhere in every single aisle everything was fucking plastic and I couldn't for water find... for, uh, yeah the water in South Africa the water, we are, water is, the, is the most drinkable water on earth probably yeah I don't know but probably I mean I've yeah. been told that but yeah, um, Joburg water is very good anyway mm-hmm. but yeah it's, it's a lot it's everywhere and um in spite of the fact that we are so pained by it and and trying to be better, our k- kitchen and fridge is still full of plastic because mm. because it is so hard to find like accessible, convenient, affordable solutions. Yeah. Like we'd need to actually drive to a farm. Yeah. Because even if you go to the City Deep Joburg market, because I have been there and that is the central distribution point for all fresh produce in Johannesburg mm. like spa checkers I'm not entirely sure Woolies has got its own situation you know Woolworths yeah I mean I'm sure they get there with first picks or something but 
like the fruit and grocers, every every fruit and veg you see on the shelf in your environment comes from City Deep mm. if you're in Joburg. And that market, everything arrives in plastic. I mean, obviously you get bags of sweet potatoes and stuff in that yeah. like weird. Even plastic. from the farm? They Because they pack it. Because obviously, the, so there's, and this is the whole, <laughs> this is part of our massive problem is everything is so centralized and we're doing it now at Lexi's as well, where you, because you, it makes more sense to do everything in one place. Mm. So the farms like will send all their fresh produce to be packed or pack it on the farm. Then they send all of that to one place to be distributed into Joburg. Mm. And because the demand currently is that everything is pre-packed in plastic so that it's preserved and it looks pretty on the shelf and it's it's easy to package in your trucks and, 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 and that's what they do. There's no demand for unwrapped veg, right? So it's nuts. Farm Table in Linden, which is one of the few places that I know you can get fresh produce that's waste-free, they get it direct from the farmers. But mm. even even on their shelves, there's some things that have to be put in plastic because what do you put blueberries in and put and send it across the fucking city? Yeah, what do you true. do? They can't be squished. So then, so because now we're all trying to get our blueberries from that farm over there, instead of having a little farm in each little, like the way that it should be where you're community driven and like localized and everything is contained in like a much smaller environment, then you can go down the road to the farm <coughs> or to your farmer's market and buy blueberries out of a, a box because mm. that's it's like manageable to take it five minutes down the road. Anyway, we're not going to get there because so, that's where we are. <laughs> so the question was, how does a mindful consumer look? This is kind of the step, guys. Like, it sounds crazy, but Lexi so just showed us. <laughs> yeah. Thinking about all these different things and all the different steps in the supply chain. Exactly. And caring about it. And caring about it. And um, yeah, so I mean, it's a, it's a lot to process and a lot to, to care about. So even I am not remotely awakened mm. if you think about we buy cans without checking where they're from what's in them like because it's so overwhelming but what we've chosen to do obviously and what we advocated in the last podcast is you take the first step the one that you can do and stop stressing about everything because otherwise you're never gonna get anywhere so what does a mindful consumer look like someone who is aspiring to improve their impact on the environment right Mm -hmm. and themselves yeah okay cool so now the next thing which i find very interesting is there are mindful consumers out there like you and me but what i find so lexi's healthy eatery is obviously one of the places that those mindful consumers go Mm -hmm. because they care about these things and they want to be better and they're like pro animal rights and want to reduce cruelty and want to make sure that they are healthier and make a sustainable choice. Da, 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 da. They know that we advocate for all those things. And yet, and I'm not speaking for my entire customer base because I have amazing, 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 amazing community that like really supports us and I'm not discounting that. But the amount of like hate and like attacks and attitude and criticisms and questions that actually make no sense from a mindful, mindful consumer, consumer. Yeah. Quote that's unquote. holding me accountable at a level that is irrational in this environment. Like, I mean, it's like I can tell 500 stories about this, but with the latest menu change, 
someone went on Google and rated me badly because I took something off the menu. And that, like, what do they want? What is the goal? Are they trying to, like, if you're trying to be mindful and improve your quality of life and the quality of life of those around you, the planet, surely in that situation you would go and say, listen, I really miss this thing. Like, and I want you guys to thrive. So please bring it back. Not go and like bait you on 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 social media and and try and make you feel shit and like and get your reviews to go down so that people don't like what is the and then that person's an idiot and then all the reviews tank no one comes because you told everyone we're a dick for not keeping your menu item on and then we go out of business and then and then what like you and your mindful self is gonna sit there at home and go to Woolies and be a be a a, a worse person at the end of the day like mm-hmm. There's this very, very fucking weird relationship between the vegans, the activists, the mindful consumers, the yogis, and businesses like my own. And I've spoken to a lot of people in this similar environment, the guys at Drifillery, um, a lot of the small like vegan bakeries, anyone actually with a small business <laughs> says the same thing, that their customers are so fussy because you have a person you can look at and go, hey, I'm not happy with the way you're doing things. I don't like the way you did that. This is not good enough. That's too expensive, blah, 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 blah. And like, I get that the consumer is obviously important and we need we need them to survive, but these mindful consumers that are advocating for this beautiful, romantic, ideal life are, are behaving like hypocritical assholes. And I'm trying, I just wonder, why like why do they go to Woolies and happily go oh my god so glad you guys put one tiny shelf in your entire store of vegan products go Woolworths you're the best or Burger King Uh, it's a (laughs) vegan fucking range vegan range three vegan burgers and and the vegans are like oh my god Burger King Burger King Burger King you're the best and now all of a sudden they forgot that Burger King probably slaughters more fucking cows than the or besides maybe McDonald's (laughs) or and like their footprint, they don't care. They put palm oil sugar. Yeah. <laughs> but but you know what? They'll rather go there and they'll boycott Lexi's because I make some small mistakes that they're not happy with. But overall, we're really pushing towards the same goal. And that dynamic is fucked up. Yeah. And I don't know what to do about it. Well, we're starting a podcast <laughs> to, to, try and, to try and tell people this. Um, it's it's kind of like they want to achieve the same goal as you, but they think they can do it better, and then they judge you for it. Yes, and they on never, their little computers. Yeah, but the, all the metaphors come into play. Yeah, highest tree catches the most wind. The I don't know something gets a lot of resistance. I don't know all the, all the cute things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. I think people, people's focus when they complain is about themselves and nothing else. Because yeah. the reason they complain to, to smaller businesses and not larger businesses it's is because they'll get hurt. Because they'll get hurt. They'll, they'll, their point will get across. That's true. I hear you. I hear you. And I think, I think that's like a comment on the problem with society hmm. in general is that people are so sad and bitter and confused about their lives and i don't mean that like like it's deep down right it's deep rooted 
everyone like if you look at social media all these inspiring quotes and people are like sharing these silly memes it's because you just want to find connection and like validity in the world and mm. affirmation and a place and be heard and da, da, da. so I get that but the problem is that these pockets of people that are like vo- voicing their opinions and wanting to be heard by the small businesses and even though look there's complaints we get that are valid right we've got to take the criticism and I'm, I'm not saying you should never complain at all People, people should complain for valid reasons. Yeah, and I've definitely. got reviews on Google where I'm like, you know what, if that was my experience, I also would have rated us badly. And we're not mm-hmm. going to get it all, always right. And that's okay. But, like, the people that criticize us the most are the ones that are advocating the loudest for the same lifestyle. Yeah, which it doesn't make sense to judge and break you down. Yes. Like, why not constructively go behind the door or constructively write it online and say, listen, I love these guys. Their ethos is amazing. They're really trying to do good things. I'm sad they didn't keep my fucking chipotle mayo on the menu or whatever it is. But you know what? They, they're rad. And please bring it back. Like, <laughs> but why can't it be like that? Because they're not thinking about yeah. the company. I'm making this about myself now. Let's just realign ourselves now that's fine (laughs) i still want to finish this point because it filters into how people interact with any business yeah the reason you want an answer a feedback a reply is not because you are aligning yourself with the business's values it's because you are hurt it's a very selfish action actually yeah and that's why big businesses don't get it because they just don't care about people's selfish behavior yeah i know and and i mean that's also why the small businesses and like if i was able to be more involved in the stores it would be better because i do care and i would be able to sit with the customer and explain to them what happened and say to them i took it off for these reasons like please understand this is a good alternative like we could have a conversation about it but because First of all, you cannot make money in this economy with one restaurant. Like, mm-hmm. as Ezio and I couldn't take a salary from Santon. We couldn't. <clears throat> so we had to grow. And when we had two shops, immediately it's harder to be involved. So, like, all these small businesses are almost forced to scale to the point where they, they are slightly removed. So you yeah. can't give that small business one-on-one interaction. And then it's at this like sort of tipping point between being on the ground and talking to the customers and being like hey listen we can work this out together and being on the other side where now they feel like they're not being heard in the store and they need to go online Hmm. and that tipping point is like what hurts the small businesses the most is because you're trying to grow in order to first of all bring a product to everyone that they're asking you for everyone's like we want lexis everywhere please love lexis but when i go everywhere then they're like but why isn't lexi in every shop or like why you're not you're not involved you're not running the shops you know i never see you (laughs) because there's okay now we don't have that many but there's four shops Mm. i can't be in four shops at the same time plus i'm so emotional about everything that being in the store and like constantly dealing with the multitude of issues that come with running a restaurant during COVID is like exhaustive. And people also don't respect that you're a human being that has needs and needs to look after yourself. Anyway, we digress. Make it about myself again. But that filters completely into the next point, which is how, I don't know if it's capitalism, but 
big business has changed the way customers interact and how customers behave towards businesses. Yeah. So, um, taking it a little bit away from food, big businesses has the ability to get something to your door very cheaply and very quickly. So customer behavior towards another company, they might not know the size, would be the exact same. I want it very quickly and I want it very cheaply. Mm. And when the mindful thing comes in, it's like, I'm trying to be better, but you're expensive. Mm. So now I complain about you. And you're slow. (laughs) I'm trying to be better, but you're slow. Uh, I'm going to complain about this. Yeah, this is interesting way of looking at it, actually. So how would we solve that? Consumer education. I've seen, so I was not prepared for that question. (laughs) How do we solve this? You know, Um, that's my first question to everything, always. always. Um, So I've seen, um, this was a a glasses company from Canada. And you can pre, like you design your glasses, do an online screening test, they ship your glasses in two days or whatever, or four days or something. And you get it, so you buy it online, you do the whole process online. Very cool um, company. And as you check out, they say, just remember we're small business, that's why the prices might be higher and shipping might be delayed because we have to go through a network, blah, 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 blah. Which is one way of of dealing with it. Actually, I think that's a great way. Anticipating the customer's bad reaction. Yeah, because obviously it happens. Amazon Prime is like next day delivery sometimes same day net florist has same day delivery yeah and then we go to the flower shop down below and we're angry when we wait 15 minutes for him to hand pick a bunch of nice flowers yeah Yeah, and that's I guess the um, yeah I guess the balance also that you've got to strike in integrating yourself into the society and obviously needing certain things to be more convenient in order to survive in this economy. Yeah. Like take most people in Joburg work long hours, right? Yeah. They, let's call it they work eight to six. Mm-hmm. It's kind of how you work. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. And if you get home at 6.30, maybe seven, depending on where you live, you can't cook. Mm-hmm. So now if you're in that position and you're an ethical consumer or a conscious consumer, what are your options? No, you have no options. So, so now, again, we're at this sort of like weird situation where no big businesses are giving you that those offerings because they don't care enough. So they're so so what everyone's doing is like providing an option that services a part of mm-hmm. this need. Yeah. Like Woolies has their whole plant-based range. Yeah. And, but it's covered. In, it's full of plastic. It's got gluten and soy and some of it has dairy in because they don't actually really care whether it's like fully vegan or not vegan they're just like offering a thing that, that like fits quiets the, the rumbles the yeah. new trend so none of the big businesses are offering it mm-hmm. and they're the only ones who could actually offer anything at an affordable convenient efficient rate and now i'm obviously talking in, in food but you can apply this to any industry yeah. at all so applicable yeah um and now you get these small businesses that try and break into the market but because they are incapable of reaching that niche where it's like, it is super convenient and affordable because also South Africa's economy is tanked. 
Mm-hmm. If you think about the way our spending habits have, habits have changed, obviously me being in food is is worse because there's just no money. But even friends around us that are in different industries, like people have, everyone has tightened their belts. Yeah. So our economy is a bit fucked. So to be a premium offering right now in any environment is, is risky. Unless, of course, you're marble and saying to you, just bowling all the time. Yeah, they get the, the, the 1% of the 1% for dinner every evening. Which, you know, they've got to go somewhere, I guess. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so now we find ourselves in this position and, and we're almost like in the, in the we're toggling both sides. We've got like one le- le- leg on the left and one on the right of this, this like dilemma of offering that sus- truly sustainable, ethical, healthy product or, or service. Mm and remaining accessible enough, affordable enough, and like scalable enough so that we can service the consumer need. Yeah. And we already, it's so hard, like finding packaging that we can get at the right price to still offer our consumer a takeaway meal that is affordable, but also in a biodegradable container, like we can't get the volumes or import directly. So we're paying, paying a premium on that. And then the customer's paying. So like, do you see how it's this push and pull constantly between progress in, in business and like consumer behaviors? I want to speak to consumer needs a little bit because I think we have created something that's a very skewed reality of what people want. What people want has changed dramatically with the increase of what, what did you call it earlier? Like the uh, transfer of information, or what? Oh, information. Ex- the rate of information the, exchange. The rate of information exchange. So companies are now not adjusting to customer needs; they are setting customer needs. Um, yeah. If you think about how we so this is i just thought of this so I'm, uh, this is a this is a working thought process um how we love the fact that chickas delivers in 60 minutes <laughs> so we never said like I, I, well, maybe there's people out there that wanted their products quicker mm. but time wasn't really the issue going to the store was the issue but they capitalized on this one advantage of 60 minutes. You get it instantly almost. And all of a sudden now consumer need has changed. Has changed. Consumers want it faster now. Yes. But faster isn't necessarily what we need or what we're looking for. Mm. We need healthier food that comes from a sustainable source that can be as wasteless as possible. So consumers are thinking we are thinking all our consumers are thinking that we are driving the need yes but we are being tricked exactly and this (laughs) is actually was this perfect uh segue into our next point this like this idea that the consumer is king is no longer real because the consumer actually doesn't have a say anymore in Mm -hmm. what they get like they don't really let me go back to that Africa Trade Expo. Yes. Consumer trend, according to that trend analysis lady, I can't remember her name. Um, she she said that the biggest trend for 2022 is plant-based eating. Yeah. 
health and sustainability and climate change. And I am offering that and we are dying because the consumers are not, it might be a trend in people's minds, but their need hasn't shifted yet because the big businesses haven't fucking pushed it that way. Like you just said, the businesses dictate our behavior so far beyond what we are aware. I mean, tell them about the Dan O'Reilly thing. I have another wild thought that I just want to throw in there. You said businesses dictate our behavior. And if we look at the psychology of behavior and thought pattern, our thoughts don't dictate our behavior. Our behavior dictates our thoughts. So if the big companies dictate our habits, they dictate what we do constantly and dictate what we think constantly. Yeah. Dan O'Reilly. Yeah. No, wait, wait, why are you still, so, 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 so on that point, I'm just, I keep thinking about that bank video that you showed me just before we watched this, oh, yeah. before we started this. So we watched this video um, between two guys on Instagram, very short clip about what the banks say. You, wait, you need to just explain this quickly and then I'll tell you what I'm thinking. So if the bank followed their own advice, they would be losing money. Yes. So the banks keep telling consumers, you need to save your money. Here's another savings account, savings account. But the thing is, if banks saved their own money, it becomes a liability. This yes. is what this guy is saying. Yes, because they make money on credit. Okay. Because they make money on credit. So, so now, that got me thinking. Because obviously we are, I'm in a bucket load of debt after the past two years. And it's very scary. Um, and... The other day I applied to increase my credit card because we just really struggling um, and they declined me, which is first time in my life. <laughs> but but so the point is, obviously, we're in a, I'm in a bad situation financially and the bank wouldn't give me more credit in that facility. But when I open the app on FMB on my fucking homepage, one of the news things says pre-approved for a personal loan of X amount. Yeah. So as now, as soon as they exhaust, because there's also different credit facilities. Exactly. Because so, so now, what they're trying to do is they're going, you're a credit risk in this environment, but we'll give you this one on the others. Like, and that, I mean, if I'm vulnerable enough to, to opt in for that, which a lot of people would be, and even we are actually in that situation where it, it would be really helpful to have that loan, but 100%. we can't take on more debt because we're so hyper aware of all the all the negative interest and oh, da, da, da. anyway <coughs> like debt is not the game we want to play 100% but I mean they're they're like almost manipulating vulnerable individuals into into taking out more credit which yes. it's it's <laughs> and like I wouldn't have gone to the bank and asked for a loan but if the app had opened on the wrong day and I'd, I'd said okay I'm gonna take this it's almost like I didn't make that decision. You know what's messed up? I mean, yes, I did, but you I, know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you. You know how many behavioral scientists work for companies like Discovery and F&B and major in uh, advertising companies? Because they understand the human brain. Mm. If they understand how the human brain works, they can manipulate the conversation for the company that they work for and there's no accountability in that space at all exactly and now to bring it back to the consumer discussion that we're having oh yeah if you are a mindful consumer you need to be 
constantly taking those rose-tinted glasses off and constantly questioning why you're making a decision. Mm-hmm. And that in itself is such a hard thing to do because like, if I think about myself, I love shopping. I love clothes. And obviously, we don't have any expen- expendable luxury cash right now, so I'm not doing that. But it like haunts me almost every day. I'm like, but I want to go to the shops. I just want to get a new T-shirt. I just want to buy new <laughs> shoes. And like... Why is that? Because I have, because I've created such a force of habit in my life where I depend on like that gratification of getting something that I like, mm. and because because of this societal or like business, like like you need to be better, do this, so and so, advertising this, push harder, you need, look that's this trend, that trend, like, and you're like, oh my god, yes, I need all these things, and you actually don't, and we've created. We've created habits so forceful in our lives that they, they are. I'm sure there's things in every person's life that you, if you were to stop and just take seven deep breaths, think about things a little bit, and imagine your perfect day and your perfect, like, whatever, perfect outfit, perfect day, perfect thing that you're doing, it probably wouldn't be actually that aligned with what you do every day and what you buy every day and what you spend. Like, if you think about us, we want to be on the mountain in yeah. like barefoot on the like climbing doing whatever and i'm still worrying about what blazer i'm gonna wear to work like you know, like it's a silly example but yeah, it's, but it's, it's like my my true self is so far removed from this person that i have become because of this mindless consumption think about how many people say yeah i never get time to do this or that yes because exactly. that's something that they want to do but their habits have changed so dramatically I am not going to blame big companies for no. like all of this, no, but, no, no, no. but but still, that's like it is almost their fault. Not that I, like Netflix. I mean, they're pushing it everywhere, right? Yeah. So then you're like, oh, there's a new show. I need to go home and watch the new show. So it's also like this external influence that's making you not making you because we're all individuals and lots of people that don't watch Netflix. Yeah, but um, you're influenced constantly. And that's, and that's like what I tried to highlight in this silly talk at Trade Expo. Like mm. companies have a responsibility to educate and influence the consumer to make better, better decisions. Yeah. And brands that are sort of doing it, and I know they're doing it for the PR, but you know what? The ripple effect is positive. Like the Adidas plastic save the oceans campaign where they have those vending machines where if you put in a whole lot of bottles or plastics oh, you yeah, eventually yeah. get a voucher yeah yeah like you know what they might be doing a whole lot of shit wrong but at least they're getting the message out there mm-hmm. and that in itself like thank god there's one or two people that are actually doing it and as opposed to and i mean i suppose Woolies is also sort of like the messaging is getting out there more and and that is important because that yeah. will start to change consumer behavior because they'll start pursuing that more that product category will grow and then hopefully it will uplift yeah so the ripple is positive okay so that was the role of education from consumer to business and vice versa right so we discussed are we only like, there? We are only there. Holy shit. But I mean, I think the rest we have spoken about quite a lot. Um, rate of exchange, small and big business. Quick thing for, oh, the, wait, this, yeah. for the folks out there. Mm. If you guys are on Disney Plus and Netflix, a quick thing that I noticed is check the difference between the time that elapses from one episode to another between the two. 
Disney Plus, I think, decreased it by half a second. Yeah, it's so quick, eh? It's so quick. It's just like you're in the next show. You don't yeah. even have a choice. You don't have a choice. So clever. They're changing your... Because they just your... want you to keep watching. Yep. And they are. They're doing that. They're changing your behavior yes. without you even fucking knowing it. It's wild. So wild. All right. So the next thing we just want to touch on quickly, I know this is getting quite long, um, is... We did sort of talk, talk about the rate of information exchange and the role of the internet. We didn't really touch on the role of the internet, but basically what we're finding now is that trends are changing so quickly and economies are being affected by things all over the world so quickly. Like if you think about the way that COVID took over the whole world in three weeks, mm-hmm. um, our lives changed overnight the war in Russia is affecting our imports. It's affecting our petrol price. It's affecting like everything is so integrated yeah. that one change a hundred thousand kilometers away can, um, can really hurt a small business in this small yeah. economy. Okay. If, if uh, my dad always used to say, if America sneezes, the whole world gets a flu. Yeah. <laughs> and all these people are right. So now it's Russia. Now it's Russia. Although now they're throwing the tantrum. <laughs> Um, so what I find interesting now and I wonder how it's going to roll out is big businesses can't react quick enough small businesses Mm. can but they don't have the resources so now that's obviously exactly why a company like Famous Brands has purchased Lexis because they want to break into this category they believe that there's a market but they don't want to or don't think it's necessary to spend all their own time and resources and money developing something because it might take too long. Yeah. So it makes sense to buy into a company that's already doing it. So now we've like stepped closer to that big business, sluggish, slow mannerism of, of life, but we still sort of agile enough to hopefully react and da, 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 da. But like, as it moves forward, and things get more delicate as our economies get more integrated. I wonder, and I hope that more small, like people will decentralize things because it makes more sense because it's a safer thing for your own micro economy yeah. to, to bring things closer so that you don't have to be personally affected by the global changes. Mm. And that obviously ties into our entire ethos of like small community, bring it in local, decentralizing, making sure you're off the grid because this whole, like if everyone just I mean we talk about this all the time but the fact that there are millions of people living in South Africa in poverty while some people sit here with three Range Rovers and like whatever it's because we've centralized things so that one person makes so much money that runs this one central production or whatever whatever distribution whatever it is and then the rest like it's it's also not natural or fair or right Mm. it shouldn't be this way it shouldn't be like one person just shouldn't not one person you know what i'm saying like yeah. a, a small the one person is a metaphor for the yes for the one percent yeah so so yeah i think that was just an interesting uh sort of tail end of this consumer discussion big business small business yeah and um one thing that yeah came out of, came out while we were discussing like the rate of information exchange the global expectations and then the impact on small businesses. Let's use sustainability or sustainable products as an example. 
Um, you have a little restaurant. You try your best to get biodegradable packaging, do the things, blah, 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 blah. A customer with a phone that is connected to the internet comes to you and says, I don't like your bottles. They are not biodegradable. And then you say, unfortunately, that's the only bottles that are on the market because that's the best we can do at this moment. But he's like, no, no, no. But they got something in California that is way, way, way more sustainable. And you're like, well, you fucking idiot. How do I get it here? Yeah. How does it make business sense? And that's what people don't yeah. it's, you know think what? about. It, it's a similar thing to that lady with the oat milk who like freaked out at me for not having the right oat milk offering. Or I don't know. She wanted something gluten-free and sugar-free. Or, and she was like, make your own oat milk. And like, it doesn't... What people don't understand is to produce that kind of thing, sustainable packaging oat milk that can be frost etc you know you need resources to do it yeah so people expect these small businesses to also just like materialize a whole bunch of money to go and import sustainable bottles from canada or california and produce their own oat milk all of a sudden that people also think is frothy and delicious and perfect and doesn't curdle in three days because you also have to wait manage your waste and da, da, da. speaking of oat milk yeah this uh this import situation I don't really know what I'm not into the news or economy at all but we are being affected with Oatly we can't get Oatly and there's all these local brands that have made oat milk so badly no offense I really appreciate what they're doing and I love the brands but they just don't taste great Mm. and like why do you think that is it's because South Africa doesn't have the, the, the resources and the experience and the education within our system to actually even get to that level. I mean, people are doing it and they're trying, but I mean, every Beyond Burger product that's been manufactured locally is nothing compared to the overseas ones. Mm. Every oat milk that's manufactured locally, nothing compared to the overseas. Even the coconut yogurts here, like it's just not as good. And that the reason for that must be because we are just five years behind we not as obviously our infrastructure is third world our education system is broken and half our economy or half our population lives in in poverty which Mm -hmm. is so i mean you can't expect that but people do also they also just think because their pocket of one percent in ilovo has lots of money that doing things is easy and building a business is easy because they're born into this environment where it is easy yeah anyway i've digressed again (laughs) so the takeaway is that we all always in some way going to be mindlessly consuming yeah because we're humans and we're people and like we're influenced by other people and things that are pretty and feelings and whatever but if we can all take some responsibility for the way that we interact with companies both big and small hold the high hold the bigger ones to a higher level of accountability than the smaller ones like try and support the one give constructive feedback where possible Mm. and question your decision making and just try once more than once and try tomorrow to be better than today that's all we can do right yeah and question the information available to you because and, and apply it to your setting yeah and on that you know information and our knowledge changes every day people learn new things all like literally constantly Mm -hmm. if you think about 
the medicine industry, I always think about the neck. It's the only reason I know this, but this uh, TV series about that addict doctor. He was set in like oh, the yeah, 20s. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You told me about it. And he was like injecting cocaine and heroin into his feet. Mm. Or he was do- No, he was injecting cocaine into his feet and then they used heroin to get him off the cocaine. <laughs> because that's what they did back then. Yeah. And I mean, it was totally acceptable and all the industry experts and everyone was like, this is what we're doing now. And everyone was like, yes, this is good. This is good. No one goes, but, but hang on, where did it come from? What does it do? What happens next? How do we feel afterwards? Is it okay? And, and people laugh at that now, but we are doing the same thing today. We're yes. not questioning what palm oil does to our fucking bodies. We're not questioning whatever, how, how our health is affected by all the vitamins or, or things or medicines we take or, or things we breathe or the fucking chemicals we use to wash our clothes. Like no one thinks about anything. Hmm. And I'm not saying everything is wrong, but if people were questioning things more, 50 years ago, we wouldn't be sitting with aisles and aisles of nutritionally empty, unsustainable, bad health, bad products that are wrapped in, wrapped plastic. in plastic, probably packed by children, like with a fast fashion, fashion industry that's disgusting. I mean, H&M works on a two week design cycle so that if K- Kendall Jenner or whoever walks out in something, they can put something similar on the shelves. That is fucked up. Don't try be like her. Or oh, Kendall Jenner is a girl, right? I, I'm out of my depth here, Your sorry. Your is the name that I've heard a lot. I'm not very good at these celebs. But point is, we spend so much time trying to be like everyone else. We're not, no one's for a minute stopping to think, what do I want from my life? And that's also part of the questioning thing. You need to decide, what do you want? Is it, are you making this decision because you're worried about what everyone else is wearing or doing or eating or saying or drinking or whatever, working, driving? Hmm. And I think the hope from here would be to amplify other voices that twist this need that change to everything instantly, no matter the cost, to I'll wait for my project for yes. creative people. Exactly. I'll exactly. Intake. Slow. Slow down. I'll wait for a decent app. Like, don't release it in two weeks. Take your time. Yes. My food. I'll wait for it to grow naturally in a little bit longer. I'll go to the grocer and get it and plan my day a little bit better. And understand seasonal seasonal availability and mm. how long things take so you don't think you can get 700 bags of pine nuts all the time because they take long. And hopefully we can be part of that change that that is now at the beginning of that curve mm. of consumer switch to more quality products. 200% bro 200% bro that shit's bananas <laughs> okay so that's it from us um yeah I would love to hear some thoughts on this episode I would also actually. love that yeah. we need to share it though yes on the internet we're gonna share it this is gonna be the first one that goes up onto the webs onto the interwebs on the line so thank you for listening if you made it this far we are as we always say still working this out and hopefully next one the next one will be better and our insights and like understanding of this entire shift in lifestyle will be more accessible and more understandable to everyone and hopefully we'll make it yeah exciting to be one of the change makers in the world change makers i Mm. like that i also like it yeah 
All right, guys. It's uh, Lexi Manzelio. And Lawrence. <laughs> Every time. Just Lawrence. <laughs> and thank you for listening. Um, we are coming to you from under the Bogan Villa. Bye. Bye.